DW Africa Link Britain has called for restraint over the escalating tensions in the Horn of Africa over an agreement between Ethiopia and the separatist region of Somaliland, a former British protectorate. The Memorandum of Understanding gives Ethiopia access to commercial maritime services and a military base with Somaliland leasing it 20 kilometers of coastline for 50 years. Somalia has vowed to defend its territory by all means after the surprise deal, which gives landlocked Ethiopia a long-desired access to the Red Sea, one of the world's busiest shipping routes. I'm Isaac Mugabe, and you're listening to the Story of the Week on DW Africa Link. But first, Jenny Ngingi will bring you the world news in brief. DW News. Welcome to the news. My name is Jen Nyinge. Israel's defense minister has outlined his plan for Gaza once Israel finishes its war against Hamas, which several countries, including Germany, considers a terrorist group. Yoav Galan said that he envisioned no Israeli settlers moving into the area. Galan said Gaza residents are Palestinian, therefore Palestinian bodies will be in charge with the condition that there will be no hostile actions or threats against the state of Israel. DW's Tanya Kramer in Jerusalem with more on the defense minister's post-war plan for Gaza. Basically, the war would continue until all the remaining uh, Israeli hostages are released that are still in Gaza and until all military and governing capabilities of Hamas would be eliminated. But then he went more into detail, talking about the north of Gaza in, in military terms, saying that this, uh, there would be a new combat approach, mainly air, ground and special operations. It's not quite clear... Uh, what this entails, how much it will be different from what we are seeing right now. But, of course, uh, the, the focus right now is not just in the north of Gaza uh, of this war, but also mainly now on, in the south. Meanwhile, Lebanon has filed a complaint with the UN Security Council over Israel's suspected killing of Hamas Deputy Commander Saleh Arori early this week. Thousands turned out in his funeral in Beirut. South Korean Marines are carrying out live fire drills on an island near the maritime border with North Korea after Pyongyang fired more than 200 artillery shells into the sea. The South said there was no military or civilian casualties and that none of the shells crossed the country's maritime border. Former South African Paralympian Oscar Pistorius has been released from prison nearly 11 years after killing his girlfriend. The double amputee sprinter shot River Steenkamp multiple times in his home in a case that made headlines across the world. He claimed to have mistaken her for a burglar. DW's Adrian Hawker in Johannesburg tells us the reaction from River Steenkamp family. Definitely an extremely emotional day, particularly for Riva Steenkamp's mother, who is her surviving parent. Her father, Barry Steenkamp, uh, passed away in September last year. And June Steenkamp put out a statement uh, this morning saying that, you know, today is a reminder of everything that happened and serves as a reminder of her daughter's passing. She also pointed out that it's been very difficult for her to grieve uh, because of the public attention that has been given to this matter, although she's also, um, you know, thanked 
the uh, various people, close family members, friends, and ordinary South Africans and people around the world who have shown the family support. This news is coming to you from DW in Bonn, Germany. Senegal's Supreme Court has rejected opposition leader Osmane Sonko's appeal against a libel conviction, potentially ruling him out of next month's presidential election. He's seen as a strong potential challenger in the race to succeed President Macky Sall, who is stepping down after two terms. And in sports, the Confederation of African Football has increased the AFCON prize money by 40%. The winners of this year's Africa Cup of Nations a tournament in Ivory Coast will receive seven million US dollars, up from five million US dollars. For more news and information, head onto our website dw.com forward slash Africa. My name is Jin Nyinge. Welcome to the first edition of the Story of the Week for the year 2024 on DW Africa Link with me, Isaac Mugabe. In this edition, we'll be looking at the simmering tensions in the Horn of Africa between Somalia on one side and then Ethiopia together with Somaliland on the other side. This week, landlocked Ethiopia took the first steps towards gaining access to the sea by signing an agreement in the capital of Addis Ababa with the breakaway Somali region of Somaliland to access the Somaliland coastline. The Memorandum of Understanding was signed by Ethiopian Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed and Somaliland President Musa Bihak Abdi. As part of the deal, Somaliland plans to lease a 20-kilometer stretch of land along its coastline to Ethiopia to establish a marine force base. In return, Somaliland would have a stake in Ethiopian airways. Well, after the champagne was popped in Addis Ababa to celebrate the milestone, Somalia's cabinet convened an urgent meeting in which it said the agreement is null and void. Mogadishu also warned that it would use all legal means to defend its territory. We've lined up experts to help us analyze the situation in the Horn of Africa and the deal. But first, let's hear from the leaders of both Somalia and Ethiopia, starting with Somali President Sheikh Hassan Sheikh Mohamud. No one has the power to give away a piece of Somalia. Our grandfather refused it. Our forefathers refused and our mothers refused. We ourselves refused to give our land and it is not possible. Somali people will never accept it. Somaliland, you are the northern regions of Somalia and Ethiopia has no recognition of you. If Ethiopia claimed it gave you recognition, then it is not a recognition that exists. That was Somali President Sheikh Hassan Mohamud. Now let's hear what Ethiopian Prime Minister had to say after signing the agreement. This will be the starting point for our cooperation with the brotherly people of Somaliland to grow and develop together in cooperation and to ensure our common security. As we have repeatedly stated previously, we do not wish to use force on anyone. Rather, we will use what we have cooperatively. This is the good news we bring to all the people of Ethiopia, Somaliland, and all the peace and development-loving people on this first day of the new year. If you've just joined us, you're listening to the story of the week on DW Africa Link. And I'm Isaac Mugabe telling you about the growing tensions in the Horn of Africa after Ethiopia signed an agreement with Somaliland, a breakaway from Somalia, to access the Red Sea port of Bebera. 
Somalia insists the agreement is null and void and will not allow any inch of its land to be occupied by any foreign country. And for that reason, tens of thousands of Somali residents gathered in the capital Mogadishu this week to express their anger regarding the agreement. Firstly, we would like to tell Ethiopia to halt its intervention in Somalia. While Somalia is a sovereign country with well-established boundaries that are recognized by the UN, I would tell them to behave themselves and to follow the rules. The federal government finds it unacceptable that we are ignored by an Ethiopian prime minister who belittles our federal government's role by delegitimizing it. That's a violation and unacceptable. We came here to show that we are ready to defend our territory and our coastal lands. Not one inch of our territory is for sale. Musa B, he can't give it away. Hassan can't give it away either, and nor can anybody else. If they try, blood will come gushing from the streets in floods. Ethiopia knows us very well. We will not accept it if they say we are taking one more territory. I swear by Allah that they will see the consequences if they don't leave us alone. Mothers, fathers, students and teachers are all here to show their feelings and we are all against our territorial waters being given over to Amara. I'm telling Musebihi, if you are a secessionist, you will never be able to break away part of our country. Your region is a member state of our Federal Republic of Somalia. If you are part of Amara, you can go to them. And as for you, Prime Minister Abiy Ahmed, if you are hungry, go ahead and sell your house. Our territorial waters and land are not for sale. Abi Ahmed, I'm talking to you. God who created you didn't give you sea, but he gave you rivers, so you can pour more salt into your rivers to turn them into sea. Leave our seas alone. Ethiopia, the second most populous country in Africa and one of the biggest landlocked nations in the world, was cut off from the coast after Eritrea seceded and declared independence in 1993 following a three-decade war. Addis Ababa had maintained access to a port in Eritrea until the two countries went to war from 1998 to 2000, and since then, Ethiopia funnels most of its trade through Djibouti. Despite protests, Somaliland President Biri Abdi said as part of the agreement, Ethiopia would be the first country to recognize Somaliland as an independent nation in due course. We are very happy and we thank the Ethiopian Prime Minister as we signed the agreement here. We allow them 20 kilometers of our sea and they will also recognize us as an independent state. They will become the first state to recognize Somaliland after the signing of this MOU. Somalia doesn't want to hear any of that. And in fact, among international players, the United States, the AU, the African Union and the Arab League have called for Somalia's sovereignty to be respected. But since the accord was signed, several British politicians have used the accord to press for the UK to recognize Somaliland. We are now joined by Matt Bryden, the co-founder and strategic advisor at Sahan, a think tank focusing on peace and security in the Horn of Africa. Welcome to the program. 
So, Matt, do you think this deal will succeed with the backing that Somalia has garnered? This is going to take a while to play out. Um, it's been escalated very fast, prematurely. Um, Ethiopia is walking back its position on Somaliland's independence. It's made some statements suggesting that um, it's looking into the issue, it's considering the issue, but it hasn't recognized Somaliland and it's not not making a firm commitment to do so. So there's a chance that the deal could fall apart if Ethiopia gets cold feet and Somaliland feels that it's not that the deal is not being honored. There's, there's a possibility, you know, if Egypt becomes heavily involved, that will that could push Ethiopia to dig in its heels. And similarly, you know, Qatar's involvement may persuade the UAE that it needs to support the Somaliland and Ethiopian position because it's, uh, Abu Dhabi is a close ally of both, you know, Hargeisa and, and Addis Ababa. So the repercussions are still unfolding. It's unpredictable. It's fast evolving. It's escalating. But it may well be that the, the deal either is not consummated. Uh, it may not materialize if we, we look at Ethiopia's walking back from its initial statement. And or it, it may be that the whole process slows down in order to allow the diplomatic temperature to cool off. So I know Somalia is making a lot of noise about it, but actually this is probably a longer term process and it's going to take a while to. Could there be an invisible hand in all this, like the US looking for an ally to work with in protecting vessels going through the Suez Canal? Presumably it could be better off working with Ethiopia than it could with Somalia? Well, I think the U.S., it, it's not that the U.S. Is, is, you know, acting as an invisible hand. I think what we've seen from, from Washington is that it doesn't have a particularly strong position on the issue. Somalia is on social media trying to say, oh, Washington said that it supports the Somali position because, you know, Washington, I'm not sure if it's the White House or the State Department issued a statement uh, saying it respects the sovereignty and territorial integrity of Somalia. That's boilerplate. That's not a strong commitment one way or the other. Now, I think that is where you see Washington hedging its bets between um, its relationship with Ethiopia as the regional power. Washington also has made, you know, Department of Defense has made multiple trips to Berbera, where they seem to have an interest in the use of the uh, old base there. And Washington also has is, is a major donor to the Somali federal government. So, of course, you know, it's not surprising that Washington's not taking a firm position on it, at least not yet. Thank you, Matt Bryden, for that brief information on where the U.S. stands on the matter. For starters, Somaliland, a territory of about 4.5 million people with a long coastline on the Gulf of Aden, has been on a quest for formal statehood for more than three decades, but it remains unrecognized globally, leaving it poor and isolated. Mogadishu staunchly opposes its independence claim, but in reality, it exercises little authority over the affairs of the region, which has its own government, security forces, and currency. So the question is, what will happen if Ethiopia stands its ground? Is Somalia ready to wage a war against Ethiopia? We invited Professor Macharia Munene to answer those questions. Professor, welcome to the story of the week. To begin with, Ethiopia sees no problem in signing an agreement with Somaliland. Is that how you see it? What Ethiopia and Somaliland have done is to violate cardinal principles about the inviolability of the colonial borders. 
Now, Somalia, which has been uh, also of some expansionist uh, dreams, is now caught flat-footed. When it says that uh, what has happened is null and void, it implies that it, it is ready for war. And the question is whether it actually is ready for war, and Ethiopia is ready for war, and then uh, what stands in between. So there is, uh, there is that uh, developing scenario. There is a possibility for war. And since um, Abi had been known before to speak in war-like languages, uh, maybe he's also ready for a war. And we'll see how the next two weeks will turn out. So Mali might have quite a bit of uh, support because of its Islamic and um, claims to have some Arabic connection. We know that Turkey patrols the Indian Ocean on the side of the Somali. So there is a question of how each of the parties involved will react to the whole thing. The scenario is not very nice. But there is a possibility of a war. Okay, uh, Prof, before we go to the war, the African Union joined the United States in appealing for calm in the Horn of Africa, and it seems re- regional tensions are soaring, like you mentioned. Do you think Ethiopia is bound to heed uh, this warning and back off? It's hard for Abi to retreat. Uh, he's been a very provocative fellow. And um, that dream of uh, going to the sea. Even Hill Selassie had a similar dream, anyway. And... Uh, being now forced to return or to retreat, it's uh, going to be a matter of honor now. So he, but maybe he should be forced to, to change his mind. So Maliland does not care because one way or the other is getting the attention that he thinks it needs. But it's really up to Abe in Ethiopia to decide whether he's ready for war and uh, and then the internal commotions that might arise. Because if Somaliland is declared independent because of whatever uh, strange activities, then there will be no reason why some state in Ethiopia can also not uh, be recognized as an independent state. Maybe Somalia can retaliate by recognizing one of the states um, in Ethiopia as an independent entity. Well, there have been ongoing talks at the regional level pushed by IGAD to reunite Somalia and Somaliland. And surely the current situation sets back these talks, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a setback because, uh, first of all, the IGAD has been a very weak organization. It does not have the muscles to impose anything. It can demand, but it cannot enforce. So we have that. Everything has been set back to square one. In terms of discussions, uh, ideas, and maybe the IGAD and the people involved need a fresh uh, look, some new thinkers to help them think through some things. And uh, both in Somaliland and in Ethiopia, because clearly this is a provocation on the part of Ethiopia to do that. And uh, Somaliland does not care because it's been worth looking for that anyway. And if there is a war, it will not be... Somaliland fighting, it will be Ethiopia and Somalia fighting and their allies. So it thinks that it might gain out of that. Mm-hmm. Now, the current situation has brought back the Al-Shabaab militants into the news once again, who have joined the Somalia government in vowing to defend Somalia's territory and push back what they term as the aggression and quote-unquote blunted assault on its sovereignty by neighboring Ethiopia. Now, this is what worries many observers. Do you see Somalia government this time working with with Al-Shabaab to fight over a common enemy? Yeah, of course, they'll do that. They've been doing that anyway. They fight today and tomorrow they say they are, they are friends today. Because how does Al-Shabaab get some of its weapons? Which gets them through, uh, through Somalia, some of them. And people have been in the Somali government known to be fairly well connected with the Al-Shabaab. So this time they have a reason to be to have a common cause. And um, 
seeing whether the Al-Shabaab can now do some things on the Ethiopians. They'll be doing it inside Somalia or even sometimes inside Kenya. They, they, they have a common agenda this time. And it's likely to unite the Somalis wherever they are uh, against Ethiopia. In the same way in the 1960s when they had that pan-Somali thing, all the Somalis claimed to be together in the expansionist agenda. Not all the Somalis, whether they are Al-Shabaab or some other people, might come together in defense of Somalia as they see it. The only snag is that the people in um, Somaliland may not join in the, band, the bandwagon. In fact, they'll be part of the, the cause of the chaos problem. But yes, the Al-Shabaab and Somalia government are likely to gang up to see whether they can drive off. And the question that comes up, those people who have been um, indirectly supporting the Al-Shabaab, whether they'll continue doing it. And um, those people supporting the Somali government, like, um, I mean, the various uh, EU countries, what will they do? And the Arab countries will seem to be divided one or the other. So it's a dicey situation. But yes, the Al-Shabaab and the Somali government will be on the same side on this. And they will look united. Well, the African Union Commission uh, Chair, Musa Faki Mahmat, uh, called on the two countries, Ethiopia and Somalia, to engage in a kind of negotiation process without delay to settle their differences. Do you see this happening anytime soon? Well, that's a formality statement expected of him. To get to the point where they are, yes, there was a time when it looked as if Ethiopia and Somalia would cut a deal at the expense of Kenya. When we had that tripartite arrangement between Ethiopia, Somalia, and Eritrea, uh, it looked as if it was geared to to find a way that would uh, fix Kenya, and uh, particularly Kenya's uh, presence in uh, southern Somalia, southern Somalia and Jubaland area. Um, so the, it's a, the statement is pro forma, but whether it would uh, do have anything to do with that is something else, because he has to be able to speak to our B in Addis Ababa. After all, he operates from Addis Ababa. And then in Mogadishu, uh, to Hassan. These people, they know each other. Uh, question is, to come to that point, what is it that drove it to there? Uh, because the Somaliland has been looking for someone to say, you are okay. And eventually they found somebody. Okay. Uh, globally, the majority of states are against recognizing Somaliland for various reasons, like EU countries and the United States. Egypt is also against the secession just to keep Ethiopia in check because of the Nile River waters. There is a lot of geopolitics at play here. Prof, you know this region very well. Break it down for our listeners who may not know the geopolitics you're talking about. Well, Ethiopia is in the midst of uh, many happenings. Uh, in the region. For one, it is the headquarters of the AU and many uh, AU organizations. That's one. It has a problem with um, Egypt over the now the Renaissance Dam. And uh, since it decided to go ahead and build the dam, despite Egypt's uh, reservations, is a factor in itself. Um, So the Egyptians are on the side of Somalia uh, or whatever the issue is, not, uh, not on the breakaway side. Um, the question of uh, the East African, uh, the Kenya, ideally, uh, it's opposed to secessionism. 
and the Somaliland is an issue of secessionism. So although Kenya and Ethiopia do have a security or defense understanding, uh, it is not. It is in conflict with that other principle of uh, no secessionism. So Kenya is not likely to side with Ethiopia on this particular, might likely to side with Somalia. After all, Somalia is applying to become a member of the East African community. Uh, so uh, Somalia is supposed to be closer to Kenya than to Ethiopia as of present. Uganda will also not go ahead with that kind of thing because it's, uh, it's kind of dicey. We have the problem with Sudan, which is an, another big civil war. And uh, although we have some signs that uh, Degalo is being received in some <laughs> in Ethiopia and Kenya, that also raises questions um, about the Sudan itself. Now, where will Sudan be on this side? The official Sudan is likely to be in Somalia, as opposed to be with uh, the Somaliland with Ethiopia, their neighbors. So it creates a very funny situation as to what can happen. Well, Djibouti is, uh, looks like a multinational colony because of all the powers that have bases there. Uh, not quite a bit of a factor, uh, an issue. Across the Red Sea, those Arab countries, the Yemen and company, they have an interest in what's going on. And um, they, how they express that interest Will, be, will remain to be seen. So it is uh, each of the countries is looking to see how to position. But I think the main thing is whether or not to violate the principle of the sovereignty and the sustainability of the colonial borders, uh, whether to uh, decapitate countries or not is one thing. Now, whether the right of self-determination, as I argued, is another. Because whatever they do will have repercussions in each of the neighboring countries. Uh, now, now, Prof, one more question. Uh, for an outsider, they say that Somaliland has been peaceful for a long time. And on the other hand, Somalia has been, you know, having issues of insecurity for many years. Is Somaliland better off, you know, as a breakaway state or as a united Somalia? Well, um, I think I should add here that what we have... See, Somaliland was former British uh, Somaliland. And the other Somali was mainly Italian Somaliland. And uh, there is also that um, colonial identity, which gives uh, Somaliland uh, some sort of a difference with its southern neighbor. Now, it is said that in terms of day-to-day -day operations, uh, Somaliland works whereas Mogadishu does not. That is um, uh, an assertion that's uh, regularly made. Is it better outside? Uh, it's hard to say. But whether it gets out or not, it will eventually have to deal with the, with the mainland Somaliland. So they need to organize a better um, confederation than what they have, such that all those little states in Somalia, which claim some sort of autonomy, uh, like Jubaland, the Apantland, and all that. Maybe some more strengthening of the freedom, the liberty 
to run their own affairs without too much interference from Mogadishu. But in principle, uh, separation will not be ideal because it can also generate more internal separation, even in Somaliland itself. But right now they look united because they are opposed to Somalia. But once they are separate, then the internal differences are likely to come up. Uh, we, we can't end this discussion without allowing you to give us a parting shot on where you see this panning out or ending. Well, unfortunately, it looks as if there may be a war. and uh, But it requires a lot of pressure from various those who have capacity to put pressure. Now, whether they are willing to or not is another matter. But I will not be surprised if Somalia and Ethiopia exchange a little fire before they stop. So we expect a little fire. Uh, then, uh, depending on which way it goes, then uh, we have a settlement. When previously Somalia invaded Ethiopia, and it was clobbered, that's how the fragmentations came about. Now, we, if there is a fire, uh, will some, Ethiopia win again? Or will it be forced by some pressure from outside uh, to, to lose? So, but I do expect a little fire. Thank you so much, Professor Macharia Munene, for that insight on the ongoing crisis in the Horn of Africa between Ethiopia and Somalia. You've been listening to the story of the week on DW Africa Link with an expert analysis on simmering tensions in the Horn of Africa. To our listeners and followers, the team here at DW Africa Link and your story of the week producer today, Crispin Wakedehu, says a big thank you. I'm your host, Isaac Mugadi. Head for Minds.